0: Welcome back to another short market update brought to you by the team from mikado.com.au. Uh, today we're just having a bit of a chin wag about uh, some of the markets, and uh, I guess specifically with a bit of a, a look at what it means for Australia and Australian uh, producers. So we've got Robert Herrmann, uh, who's our uh, resident wool person, and uh, Olivia Agar, who covers a number of different commodities, and she'll be covering off on uh, cattle today, and I'll probably just cover off a bit on uh, some of the interesting things that are happening, which has probably been that uh, negative oil pricing this week. So, Robert, we've had uh, continual poor weeks in in the wool market. Has it recovered this week, or is it uh, still in the doldrums?
1: Uh, look, it uh, it it tried hard, Andrew. Um, I think it's fair to say that the um, the wool market is. Uh, I think I said in my article today that it's. Um, it's, it's showing a lot of determination, but there's a real undercurrent of nervousness, probably like all markets, but what was a little bit different in that um, it has such a long pipeline because of the, um, you know, most of it's processed in the Northern hemisphere. It goes through a number of different ownership structures until it finally gets to where the revenue is generated, but it's, um, uh, it's a long pipeline. And we've been talking for some time about the pass-in rates, which have been quite high, and, uh, and of course, that also plays into the fact that we've been selling fewer bales. And I think the number this week is that, on average, this season to date, we've sold 6,500 bales a week less. Uh, Andrew Woods, in a really good article we posted on Mercado this week, uh, put that into some perspective of, of trying to figure out what does that mean? Because we've had low supply, and the and the, uh, I guess, the projection of lower supply with the sheep flock where it is. But normally at this time of the year, about 84% of wool that's tested by AWTA is sold. And right now we're sitting at 73%. So that gives you an idea of the volume of increase that's going into stocks. And of course, that's got to come out and play in the market at some stage. Um, The other factor, I suppose, talking about that pipeline, Andrew, is that... uh, We're so reliant on China. So on the one hand, when China uh, got CV19 in the first instance, that really sent a a shiver through the market. But, of course, we've been hearing about them coming back and getting back into processing. The bottom line is, though, that there's not much competition for China. So the Italian and the Indian mills, which were number two and number three in terms of buyers, uh, they're in total lockdown and they're in big, big trouble and just to finish off on my point this week, I suppose Andrew, is that in the end it 's all about retail demand and and that was something that we didn 't quite pick up at the beginning, but what we 're finding now is that that 's a really big concern. The first figures that came out by the National Council wool selling brokers showed that in January China had a thirty three percent drop in apparel demand uh, at retail levels and and that is obviously because of their shutdown from CV19, They're, they were the first figures to come through to show the real decline. But we're expecting that when the February and March figures come through, they'll show that that China has shown some recovery. But we'll start to pick up the problem in the rest of the world then. So um, it's a it's a, a battling market at the moment, Andrew. And uh, and to be honest, it's showing quite it's been quite resilient. It's not being helped by the Aussie dollar because as as you guys have all talked about, it's been um, it. it plummeted at one stage, but it's been pretty resilient since. So um, here's we're looking forward to next week. Supplies is being constricted, which is keeping the pressure off the market, um, but it's it's a nervous time.
0: That's probably a good segue. And one of the points you made there was about <clears throat> the those retail numbers. And we are seeing the same sort of thing in Australia with a lot of other retail numbers. Um, Food services is, is way down, which is impacting a lot, probably probably more so on things like canola, uh, milk, uh, and also uh, dairy products in general, but also pork products as well. Uh, like a good indication of that is that generally people tend not to to eat much in the way of pork bellies or uh, ribs at home. They tend to eat them in a, in a restaurant, so demand for for those has, has, has reduced. And I guess having a retail drop of what did you say thirty eight percent is pretty pretty astronomical really, and it's maybe it's a sign of the times that the unexpected is to be expected now and and things that we would never expect to see retail drop de- demand drop in in china by by anything you know retail was just in one direction and that was northwards but then again, we are in an unusual time because well, if we're in a time when you can be paid to uh, to take oil off of somebody's hands then uh, you know that is a, that is something that we didn't really expect to happen uh, these times and, and and that sort of puts me on to what I was going to talk about today I wasn't going to talk about grains this week because frankly there's not been all that much really happening in grains but that oil on on Wednesday uh, I sort of commented sort of Wednesday evening wow oil's dropped to the lowest price in in decades yeah uh, then I, then I woke up the next morning and it had dropped another couple of hundred percent in in a couple of hours. And, you know, we are sort of joking about it a little bit in terms of a crude oil going negative and being worth minus $37 a barrel. So if you were able to take oil, it, you would uh, effectively be paid for it. And this is something that's always been a possibility because theoretically, you know, oil is a product that has to be... Uh, has to be stored and if somebody wants to to take it and they've got no storage then they're going to get paid to receive it and it happens in natural gas happens in electricity all the time but it's not necessarily a physical thing at the moment because this was really a bit of an exacerbation because of it was the futures contract itself the may contract was expiring so futures or all future contracts are deliverable so if you are long a position when it expires you have to take delivery of of that crude oil and clearly a lot of people who are speculators don't want to take delivery of oil to uh, to their offices in uh, in New York or or wherever else and the reality is there was more more willing sellers than than buyers and so it went to negative numbers although it's 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 a paper thing largely the reality is that Storages around the world are filling to the brim, and and soon there won't be much storage to hold any any crude oil because of the fact that we are just not using anything. Like we're just we're not moving as much in the way of goods. Uh, residentially, we're not using as much fuel in our, in our vehicles, and and airplane fleets are, are grounded, and and definitely no cruise boats at the moment either. So I think it's it's interesting times, and things are just crazy really I guess like we're seeing things that were theories uh, becoming coming into into reality so um, I don't think we'll ever see negative grain or, or negative wool but with, with crude oil you can't just you can't just uh, tip it down the drain like you would milk you've got to pay for somebody to take it which really dumping milk which we've seen in the US and Europe is effectively no different from negative oil Speaking of, of dairy cows, uh, on to cattle. Olivia, what's been happening in the cattle industry?
2: Yeah, well, it's an, it's an interesting story with cattle at the moment, Andrew, because it depends which way you're looking as to whether we're thinking um, you know, to be optimistic or more pessimistic about the market at the moment. So, um, I'm sure you all would have seen the, the three-month rainfall forecast that's come out from the bomb, and... Look, I can't, certainly can't remember the last time I've seen one without any brown or orange on it, but it's really an optimistic picture in terms of rainfall right across the country. I think we're looking at 60 to 70% chance of exceeding median rainfall, which is um, just amazing for the next few months. And there's certainly no shortage at the moment of photos on Twitter of beautiful green paddocks in New South Wales.
0: So there's there's already a lot of
2: keen producers out there that are thinking, you know, what does this mean? How much feed am I going to have available and and what cattle trade to put on? So so the grass fever is definitely starting to take hold. but um, And I don't want to be too pessimistic about it, but we we are wanting to urge a bit of caution there. And and that's because of the offshore beef market and the, the prospect of the global recession. So since the start of January, live U.S. cattle futures have declined 30%. So that was falling from 275 US cents a kilo to trading just under 190 US cents this week. And and what's really driven that drop has been that a large number of processing plants in the US have actually had COVID infections in there and they've uh, been forced to shut down because of that. So you're seeing that um, that drop there in the, uh, the production and the backlog of, of cattle coming through and that... You know, like you were, you were saying, Rob, there about uh, we weren't quite sure where the way up was going to be in terms of demand. I mean, certainly at the retail space, we had that that flourish of people buying and the, the supermarket spending going up. But then we know at the same time that the service food service sector has dropped down and, and Rubberbank put out some research that was really interesting saying that for every 10% decline in food service spending, there's, there's estimated to be a three percent increase in retail uh, spending from eating at home. So that really sort of paints the picture of how the demand equation's playing out at the moment. Um, does it, does that
0: also tell us that we're paying too much for food in restaurants?
2: <laughs> it potentially does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, yeah interesting, interesting piece that came out there, and you know, and and what all this isn't meaning. Um, with how the US market is playing out is that if, if we don't see that rebound in the next few months it's definitely going to have headwinds for the cattle market here. Um, just our, our local heavy steer prices are so tightly linked to the US live cattle futures that if if we don't see that rebound in the US happen uh, we definitely are going to see heavy steer prices here um, start to ease off from what we were looking at say a, a few months ago. So. So anyone that is out there getting ready to restock or has already started, they really need to be looking at the whole picture and not just the the green grass in the paddock before going going too hard at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting times. Uh, anything else to add, Robert? Or
1: um, no, I think that I am really
0: interested in your
1: comments, Olivia. That um, you know about how we need to keep watching markets, and I think. You know, while we might have had one view a month ago, um, <laughs> this is such a changing thing that we need to keep updating, and uh, while we may have another view last week, we need to keep updating and, and uh, Rob, make restocking.
0: Robert, I've, I've heard of a website that you can go to that you can get some good market updates. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. It might have been <coughs> au.
1: How's that spelled? Can't help. It, it it
0: depends. <laughs> like some people <laughs> uh, but it's M E C A R D O dot com. Um you're
1: right though. I mean and and look, we, we, we're we like everybody else, we're really interested in monitoring what's going on, but I think we all understand that um even from where we came from, if you remember some of the early conversations we had, Andrew, about you know what COVID might look like you know we we really had no concept or a lot of us didn't and uh and we had different ideas about where it's gone so this is going to be there's going to be a few books written out of this i think
0: a few movies as well i reckon but but no i think i think you are right and i think that's a good point levy as well is that we're obviously let's be honest we're probably more interested in markets than probably anyone else in the country people who do our job Whether, whether whether us or with other companies. But the reality is that a farmer doesn't have the time to, to really do their own research. You'd have to be missing out on something else in your business if you're, if you're doing the same level of research that we, we are doing without blowing smoke up, up ourselves. So if you do go onto the website, you can sort of find plenty of information. There'll be webinars running around the place and, and obviously this, uh, this podcast.
1: I think that makes me think about the uh, responsibility we take, Andrew, and we've talked about it internally a lot. And that is that we need to be able to uh, explain our analysis and what we're seeing um, in, in, a, in a succinct and a relevant manner. And uh, and I know you know the, the feedback we get is is the best test of that, but uh, it's something we think about all the time. So we really we really enjoy the communication of the data that we have with our clients and um and other people who 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 look up look us up but uh yeah i I think it's something that we're trying to refine over time
0: and i think it's that's important as well and 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 the fact that you know there's analysis and there's analysis And, and our analysis comes with a level of independence that a lot of others don't we don't have any skin in the game we don't we don't trade cattle we don't trade grain we don't definitely don't trade oil because have to change my underwear twice a day if you did uh, but but yeah I think uh, again what Robert saying about the communications uh, we've got we can answer a lot of questions uh, we don't necessarily know what the questions are so if you have got any queries of uh, I- or ideas for analysis then shoot them through uh, we've probably got more time on our hands than we had six weeks ago or used do, maybe I'm a bit different. Uh, with a toddler sitting beside me. Uh, but yeah, send I ideas through and we'll uh, see what we can do.
1: do.com.au Andrew.
0: Yep, M E C A R D O dot That's it. So we'll leave it there. Have a good have a good weekend all. And have a good
1: Anzac weekend.
0: Yeah good Anzac weekend.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> see see you at five o'clock in the morning. Bye bye